You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Greetings once again from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It is the month of January. It's actually January the 12th, 2024, as we record this. And it's time for your Ask the Expert segment, first one of calendar year 2024. And I can't wait to get into it. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Joining us for this segment is David Morgan of The Morgan Report, probably about the most experienced and renowned silver investor that I know of. And we're going to talk a lot about silver here this month. So anyway, David, thank you so much for joining me, my old friend. Well, Craig, it's great to be with you as always. And thank you for having me as your first guest. And I think I'm going to have to uh, hand that baton off uh, these days. I mean, uh, all ego aside, I think there was a point in time where it probably was the most studied or one of them you know, in the silver market. I don't know if I even hold that title anymore, but thanks for the compliment. Isn't, hmm. isn't it funny? We've gotten old, man. I, 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 um, I was talking to Eric. We anybody that missed it, you can find this on the Sprott Money channel that you're watching. I I spoke with Eric Sprott last month, and we were joking around about holy cow. Um, it, we we I remember when I first started doing this 15 years ago. You know, there were uh, some people like Jim Sinclair, the late Jim Sinclair, that were like the the mavens, if you will. Yeah. What the heck, David? Now that's us. Yeah, I know. I mean, I watched that interview. By the way, it was very good and. Uh... You know, Jim Dines. I mean, Jim Dines was extremely influential on me at the very beginning. In fact, because of the speech that he gave, that was what really got me to want to do what I do, want to be yeah. a financial newsletter. So I really didn't know much about the industry. I was learning about it and I started becoming a newsletter junkie. And then when I went to an investment conference, actually, the truth is I got the tape from the investment conference. Yeah. One of my friends had gone to it, given me the cassette tape, believe it or not. And I played that tape like three or four times, and I was just so inspired about someone having the cojones to stand up and tell the truth about the monetary system in a large audience like that. I go, man, that's what I want to be doing. And here I am many, many years later. Yeah, and it inspired you. And and, and again, tell everybody what, what it is now you do in the Morgan Report. What do they get uh, there? Oh, well, I've got a free subscription and I've also got a paid service. <laughs> and paid service, just go to the uh, subscribe button tab. And there's a video and a good sales letter. I won't waste our time on it, but we do mostly on the equity side, Craig, because there is leverage in the mining shares. And you can do better, even though the Mike Maloney's and all this say, you know, that uh, bullion outperforms. On aggregate, it does sometimes. I mean, versus the HUI or the XAU, bullion can outperform on that basis. But if you're a good stock picker, you know, my top tier picks, both in silver and in gold, gold royalties, both of them, one's a streamer, one's a royalty company. Uh, from the peak of gold in 2011, one's triple. So that's better than what gold's done because it's made a round trip, 2000, 2000. And silver from 50 down to 25, still that stock is double. So, and these are big plays. These are put big, serious money. So if you pick the stocks right and you have some patience, you can do better on the equity side. But it's not everybody that can do that. I'm not trying to brag because I've sure got my sure, you know, I've got a bunch of wallpaper, as we say, with the juniors that have uh, gone nowhere except to zero in some cases. So. Right. So do I. Uh, if any of them, though, you are correct. Um, and it augurs for what you do. I mean, if you get yeah. someone that can kind of help you with the research, but also help you with the timing. I mean, you got to be, you got to get it's, the timing right, too. I mean, the shares can really outperform, but, you know, 
Also- I've been good at the, you know, lucky, good at the top. <laughs> so I've not been that good at the bottom. I mean, I know we have limited time, but I called the bottom. I think it was 1817 or something like that. And I was right for 14 months. That was the bottom until it wasn't the bottom. So was I right or was I wrong? Well, I was right for 14 yeah. months. And then yeah. I was wrong. Well, as we get started, uh, just a, a couple of reminders. Again, this all call this content that you find is from and generated by Sprout Money. So you want to thank them by subscribing. Again, whatever channel you're watching this on, subscribe. That'll, then you can go back and look at all the other content like that discussion with Eric Sprott from last month. But remember, Sprott Money is a bullion dealer. And they have some special stuff going on here as 2024 begins. Of course, as 2024 begins, it's tax season for crying out loud. But here's something you can do. Uh, you can get your your tax qualified accounts in Canada. It's an RRSP, um, an IRA down in the U.S. Uh, you can put you can open those. It's prop money as well. Um, to get the ball rolling though, in this year, you can also get three months of free storage. So here's a deal for you from Sprott Money. You buy yourself a 1,000 ounce bar. You've got a couple of those probably laying around, don't you? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Sit there and bench press them. Yeah. Hey, man, a little 65 pound or whatever it is, silver bar. 70 pounds. They'll Dumb send it to you. Each hand, baby. <laughs> get one in each hand and just. Uh, anyway, they'll send that thing to you if you'd like, but also they'll store it for you. And if you buy one, They'll store it for free for the first three months. That's a pretty good deal, but you got to do it before we get to leap day, February 29th. So we'll remind you this next month too. Anyway, call up Sprout Money, place your order, 888-861-0775. Of course, you can go to the website and do this too. But anyway, don't miss out. It's a great deal. And uh, of course, Sprout Money, the most trusted name in the precious metals business. And rest assured, your investments are secure when they hold them for you. All right, David, let's... uh, Let's get into the crux of things here. I have two primary things I want to discuss with you. Um, as the year begins, I always write my what I call my macro cast, and Sprott Money published that uh, earlier this week. And I try to just look ahead based on what we know now, because t- predictions are so difficult because, you, as you know, I mean, the <laughs> economic system is chaos. There's a million variables, and you have no idea which ones are how they're going to impact each other and then which ones are going to get acted upon by the monetary people like the Fed. So it's it's always risky business. But as the year begins, um, what do you see? What do you think? How do you expect this year to unfold? Well, it's probabilities the way I look at it. And, you know, going back to the late great Jim Dines, you know, he taught me and others that, you know, a trend in motion continues until it actually stops. And the trend is more chaos, more uncertainty, uh, distribution in the stock market. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Jamie Diamond, I mean, Diamond Hands, no way, baby. He's selling out a lot of his shares. Uh, you look at Bezos selling out a lot of his shares. You look at Zuckerberg selling out a lot of his shares. I mean, Buffett going back into cash. I mean, the top is in as far as I'm concerned. We're in the distribution cycle. Yeah, we might be eking out new highs, but that's very common uh, as these people that really know how to manipulate the markets. I won't just say stock market, Craig, distribute their shares into the general public. And I think we're going to see a larger shift into the commodity sector out of the paper markets. Look at the bond market. On the short end, yeah, I'll buy a three-month. Yeah, I'll buy a six-month. You want to sell a 20, 30, 10-year, even a 10-year. Now, I don't have got 10 years, you know, so you got to bid the price up. I mean, even Mr. Powell said about, I think it was six months ago, I forget the timing exactly, but he said, oh, we don't have to raise interest rates. The market's doing that 
for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah, does he know what he just said? Because that's the way a free market is supposed to work. It's like, here's my offer. I'm going to give you a 4.8%. It's like, that's not good enough. You know, so give me another offer. No one's, you know, that's the offer. No one's bidding at it. It's like, I don't want that. I want 5%, you know, whatever. So there's a lot behind the scene, if you know what to look for, that there's uncertainty in the market. So I think I answered that. I do expect the metals to do good this year, not extremely well, unless we have a black swan. I'll just leave it at black swan. There's so many of them out there. In terms of, you know, it's an election year as well. Um, I had a discussion a month, again, another thing that's here, it's brought money, uh, my monthly discussion with the technical analyst, Christopher Mullen. And we were talking about all of a sudden there's kind of similarities to 2008, you know, it's an election year uh, coming out of 2007, you know, where Ben Bernanke was talking about, oh no, everything's fine. You know, it was a lot like what we got out of the Fed last year. And we had a massive run up basically in everything in the first quarter of 2008. And then the problem started. What do you think of that as kind of a parallel? For well, I think it's good, except, you know, the only thing I would add to it is, you know, how much printing has gone on between 2008 and 2023. For yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, we're in a parabolic mode of uh, velocity of money going to like new lows and the amount printed to new highs. And so there's that discrepancy. Well, how, how does this work? And how it works is if you think about it, one is people that, you know, the, the average person out there is barely making it. If they're making it at all, some even with two jobs, you know, they yeah. can't afford groceries, the gas bill, the light right. bill and the fuel for the car. And then on the other end, you've got all this funny money floating around the asset markets uh, or being parked. And I think that's the big one. Uh, I'll shout out to uh, Tavi, uh, Tavi Costa, I think he said his last mm -hmm. name. And, uh, you know, he pointed out, and I think the number is even bigger, but it was like $5 trillion sitting there basically in the money markets on the yeah. sidelines. And I said, well, wait a minute. If we take 1% of that, we're looking at $50 billion. That's 1%. Well, what's the silver market, Craig? $25 yeah. billion. So 1% of that money sitting on the sidelines is two years silver production and recycling. If you don't think 1% of that money is going to move into the silver market during the next crisis, then you know, I've got to bridge itself. Mm -hmm. So we have, I think, a bright future. Not that as far as our silver position, it's not a bright future. I mean, I'm not sitting here jumping up and down. It's going to be different than in 1980. Because there you could have changed your lifestyle, bought a business, retired early, whatever. At this time, there's going to be a lot of people struggling. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to learn the biggest lessons of history. Yeah. What's the greatest lesson in history? People don't learn the lessons of history. Right. That's the greatest lesson. Right. So do you think um, combined with, you mentioned the, you know, the jobs, I mean, that's such a scam. I mean, the, they, they, they report the establishment survey to 200 some odd thousand new jobs when that's all part-time jobs countering lost full-time jobs. I mean, it's not good news. No. So the Fed kind of taking that news at the surface maybe and, you know, and claiming some soft landing, getting behind the curve economically. But then on top of that, you know, that you mentioned all this funny money, like the $2.3 trillion in that reverse repo account that's getting drained down to zero. Do you, is there a situation, you know, is there a scenario whereby, I don't know, March, April, May, things are kind of getting 
really awkward for them. And you start talking about like emergency rate cuts and stuff like that. Can you see a, a scenario like that? Possible. I yeah. think one thing that most don't touch on, and of course, again, I learned from experience and Mr. Dines and others, the psychology of the market. So what does the Fed really do? Well, of course, they manipulate the money supply and yeah. you know, they, they put set the discount window at the Fed and all that. What do they really do? They do a psychological you know, mindset for the public. Everything's fine. Everything's good. We're not going to see a recession. We're going to have a soft landing. So they're using psychology. Well, let's look at the other side of the coin for a bit. What's the reverse psychology of them? It's the inflation psychology that nobody ever talks about. So the idea that, oh, we're going to get inflation down to 2% and we're going to you know, be able to lower interest rates. What if the psychology goes, screw these guys. They've lied to us about everything. And inflation isn't going down because the last time I bought peanut butter, it was up another 80 cents for you know six-ounce jar. And once you get to that psychology of inflation, it's almost impossible to break it. Right. And I know because I lived through it. Because when I was, you know, in my 20s, and we kept seeing more and more inflation, I mean, I went and got a signature loan just to buy gold because it was a, a no-brainer. I borrowed money at like 8%. That's like 8%? How could you survive? Hell, that was low. That was low because inflation was 13. So we were 5% underneath the true inflation rate. So you're getting free money. It's all relative. Yeah. And then, of course, with Volcker coming in, he had what it took to take the markets back to some sanity. But I'm not so sure we could do that this time. So once the psychological factor of inflation comes in, they might be jumping up and down and telling us a bunch more lies. I mean, the Ministry of Truth comes out and Grandma yelling, you know, God bless her, comes out and tells us everything's fine. <laughs> and it's ridiculously ridiculous. And so that's the way I see it, Craig. I think that uh, it may be harder for them to do what they think they can do versus the reality, because things can get out of their control. Most people have never experienced that, but I have. And it could happen again, except this time it's not just the U.S. of A. It's basically, yeah. it's the world, and the only counter policy to it pretty much is the BRICS. But even they can't mitigate it total. All sets up to be a... Fascinating year ahead. Why? I mean, wildly unpredictable, very volatile. Um, let's focus uh, in our remaining minutes on silver, though, because uh, again, I, you, yeah, you're the silver expert in my eyes, and okay. it has been such a challenging couple of years for silver. In that, I price is basically unchanged the last two years. It was flat last year. It was flat the year before that. Yet we keep hearing about all of these great physical metal. Fundamentals, you know, like the Silver Institute, 238 million ounce uh, supply deficit in 2022 and another 150 million ounce supply deficit last year. I mean, there's all these physical fundamentals. Yeah, the paper markets don't re don't seem to reflect, you know, that in their trading. Um, do you, what's your forecast for this? I mean, as you try to put all this together, is, will this be a better year than the last two? Uh, somewhat. In my view, uh, first of all, I always forecast gold. It's a lot easier to analyze. Yeah. So forecast for gold this year is about up to 2,500. And so then I took the gold-silver ratio back to like 70, and that put silver over 30, which will be a big achievement. I think there's somebody, somebody's out there that are really defending that $30 level. Uh, we yeah. saw that already with Mr. Benham coming out and saying they had to tamp down the silver market. Why would anybody that worked for the CFTC say they have to tamp down the silver? 
I mean, but they're so blatant, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm still bullish. I do think that uh, again, when the the run to gold happens, and then the you know sprint to silver takes place, um, we'll be in a position where you can't get it, probably. But we could be in what we've already seen, where you got to wait three weeks to get it, mm. or four weeks, or whatever. Uh, it's going to be, I think, the biggest lesson that we already know it's ahead of us, and that's that all fiat fails. That doesn't mean it goes to absolute zero, but the perception is it's going to absolute zero. It's like the inflation mindset or psychology we talk. About. So, uh, my price target for silver and gold I just gave you, and again, less a black swan event, which could happen. Could higher prices eventually lead to a kind of structural changes in the market? And what I mean by that is, yeah. you might be, you know, a guy like Elon Musk might be comfortable that he can get enough silver anytime he wants it at $25 to build all of his solar panels and everything yeah. else. But at $35 or $45, does he start thinking about, well, maybe I ought to just buy my own mine? You know, it's really interesting. That's a great question. I was asked that on the Financial Sense uh, private uh, newsletter and the guy wrote, you are the silver guru. Here's something that most people don't know. In 1979, January, the all-time high for silver is roughly six bucks an ounce. A year later, it was up under 850% yeah. at 50. Okay. Yeah. Here's the point it dropped from 850, but it averaged $20 an ounce for all of 1980. So, 79, the all time spike high was at six. A year later, the average price for the year was three times higher. That's a structural change you just outlined. And that yeah. did take place which very few people think about. So it'd be the equivalent of silver going to something like 150, coming back down to say 50 and staying at 50. And basically that's the floor for a very long time. So yeah, so now Elon's got a deal of $50 silver and not 25 or maybe $75 silver. Yeah. Numbers are almost irrelevant because in a you know inflationary slash hyperinflationary environment, you know, there's so much distrust in what the currency's value is that you really can't put a number on it very accurately. We could talk to today so you get a general idea. But, you know, I mean, if you wanted to buy a Coke in Zimbabwe at the end of the uh, hyperinflation, you know, it was only <clears throat> $50 billion. And then by the time you went to dinner, it was $100 billion uh, Zim, Zims. <laughs> so, I mean, well, and, and okay, so with that in mind, why don't we close with um, kind of long-term cyclic picture of it all? Because you mentioned the 70s, right? Yeah. And then price comes back down and goes all the way down to four or five, 20 years later. And then uh, after 2000, remember 2008, we go up to 20, go back to eight. And then you get this six-fold increase in silver from you know, whatever, the summer of 2009 to the summer of 2011. So, I mean, there's, history is replete with these examples of these big spikes and then these long periods of, you know, oy. okay, well, we're 12 years into another long period of oy. Um, what, what do you think long-term, like I said, cyclically, uh, are there levels to watch that you think could make it look like, okay, here we go, another one of those big runs again? Yeah, there are. I mean, I really still think, and, you know, because I am biased, but well-studied, that silver is probably one of the best legacy investments you can make. I mean, there's three legacy investments, real estate, gold, and fine art. And I'll put silver with gold, especially now in a high-tech society. 
So yeah. if you've got a 10-year time frame and you're 30 or 40 or 50 years old and you want to leave a legacy investment for your heirs, I mean, nothing's probably going to beat silver uh, on the metal side anyway. So that's, that's point number one. Point number two is where will it settle out? And I think the example I just gave of 1980 is a pretty accurate one. So the level I look at is 50. Uh, 50 is the nominal high. I mean, 50 in 2023 is ridiculously a different number than 50 in 1980. Yeah. But regardless, we'll probably see it float up to 50 and then probably stall out and maybe come back and reconsolidate. But once it goes through 50, now we've got a whole new animal. And we could go from 50 to 100 pretty quickly, as we know, because silver, as you said, could go, you know, sixfold in a couple of years. Usually the third leg of the Elliott wave is twice as good as the last wave, which was wave two, which was sixfold. So if you double that, it's 12-fold, and you take 12 times 25, you got a pretty good idea of what's yeah. forecast to be. I'm not going to guarantee these prices. I just know a lot about different technical analysis and blah, 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 blah. Do I know everything? No, I'm going to learn it all, not a know-it-all, but just to give you some idea. Because think about it. What will be the run to gold this time? It'll be fear. It won't be greed. And unfortunately, fear is a far more motivating element in our emotions than mm -hmm. greed is. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're going to lose your you know, multi-million dollar fortune that you inherited through three generations because you don't have any gold for time, uh, what do you think you're going to do? Quibble yeah. over a $10 spread? No. I think you're going to get on the phone and say, bye. And I think that's what we're going to face at some point. Will it be in 2024? I doubt it. Will it be in 2025? Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm falling too in that macro cast. I thought, you know, they're in an election year. It's so unpredictable, but we're already seeing the politicians in the U.S. starting to lean on the Fed, right? Um, and so they're going to do everything they can to kind of keep things looking as normal as possible, uh, this year, but again, you wonder uh, there and beyond, and you, you get back to gold. What from in the bottom in two thousand eight, seven hundred dollars to nineteen hundred dollars? What's that? Uh, more than two and a half times um, after that election year. So uh, two and a half times from here is five grand. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me give you a real question. I know we're near the end, but so here we go. We go. You know, we go tenfold, whatever. So now, what do you do? You cash out for fiat? Yeah. Right. That's that's the ultimate question for all of us that have been stacking it. You yeah. got to convert it back to, I mean, selling it converts it back to something. Yeah. And that hopefully, well, not hopefully, I shouldn't say that because you got, God knows what the world's going to look like at that point. But we will probably be faced with that dilemma sometime before they get to the point where they're like, oh, yeah, David Morgan and Craig Hemke. I remember those guys. I think they're both dead now. If I. If, <laughs> Hopefully that won't happen first. Uh, David, it's always so much fun to talk to you. I, you know, you mentioned silver as a, as a legacy asset. Hey, you got $25,000 laying around your legacy, man. Get yourself one of those thousand ounce bars, brother. Put it in your gym, right? right. Restore it at Sprout Money. You know, the other thing that I, I kind of touched on earlier, it is tax season. I, I got to start putting my taxes together. I bet you do too, David. That's Always such a dreadful thing that I so look forward to. Yeah. However, you can mitigate some of that by opening an RRSP in Canada or an IRA down in the U.S. And you can now own physical metal in those retirement vehicles. And Sprott Money is a place to do that. 
Uh, for Canadian clients, you can get that kind of diversification through a self-directed RRSP or a TFSA, whatever that stands for. I don't know what that stands for. I'm American. But anyway, tax. I bet the T stands for tax. How about that? Uh, anyway, in the U.S., take your IRA uh, and convert it to precious metals as well. Sprott Money can help you with that. They are the most trusted name in the business. Your investments are secure. Call them up, 888-861-0775. They'll help you out. Of course, we've got a couple months to work on that deal, but just remember that it's not a bad idea. Take some of your fiat and convert it to physical metal in your retirement plan. And then uh, uh, let it go from there. Tax deferred until you take it out. That's always a big advantage there. Uh, it's always a big advantage to talk to my friend, David Morgan. And I know I've learned a lot over the last 20 minutes. And I suspect everybody listening has as well. Please check out the Morgan Report. Uh, you can find it at themorganreport.com, David. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, that's pretty easy. Uh, go check it out. Couldn't be a better time to have uh, some assistance from David and not only in his view of the world, but with mining stocks and everything else. Morganreport.com uh, is something you need to, to check out. David, thank you so much for your time. It's always so valuable to talk to you and I'm sure we'll, we'll do it again soon. Great. Well, it's fun for me as well, Craig. Thank you. All right, my friend. And thank you to all that's been watching. Again, subscribe, maybe hit a like, whatever you can to help sprout money out in the distribution of this. And also remind you the next time we have something for you on this channel and come back later this month because there is more uh, information pending. And uh, again, we'll see you again soon. Thank you all for watching and uh, we'll talk to you again later this month.